Welcome to Compassionate Conversations, where we push the boundaries of comfort to empower you to become all that you dream of being. Hi, I'm Esther Kane. I'm a Canadian psychotherapist and the author of It's Not About the Food, A Woman's Guide to Making Peace with Food and Our Bodies. For over 25 years, I've been helping people to overcome problematic relationships to food and their body image. And to my great delight, my book has helped thousands of people to do just that. I decided to do this series where I interview other body image warriors who I respect and love their work in order to help us form more of a community around talking about our disordered relationship with food and our bodies in the hopes that we will find strength in each other's stories and share some really helpful tools and methods that you can use in order to heal your relationship with food and how you see your body. If you're thinking, I don't know if I have an eating disorder, so maybe these videos won't be meaningful to me, please give it a chance. When I tell people, for example, that I'm an eating disorder therapist, people automatically think eating disorders are just anorexia and bulimia. And while I treat those issues in my practice, the bulk of my clients tend to fall into the category of emotional eating. People who eat when they're mad, sad, glad, and fearful. There's all kinds of reasons that we turn to food. And they are usually um, the people that are yo-yo dieters, that do obsessive exercising. Maybe they are in middle age and their body's metabolism has changed and they put on some extra weight and they just can't seem to get it off. All of these people fall into um, the category of um, some type of disordered eating pattern. So if that applies to you, please stay tuned. I'm going to be interviewing some fabulous people in this series who will definitely give you some great ideas and tips in order to make peace with food and your body. As an eating disorders therapist, a phenomenon I run across more and more in my work is clients who take healthy eating to the extreme. There's actually a name for this disorder orthorexia. I even suffered from it myself. Stay tuned for my personal story in an upcoming blog post, video, and podcast. What is orthorexia? Stephen Bratman, MD, coined the term orthorexia nervosa in 1997 from the Greek word ortho, which means straight, correct, and true, in order to distinguish this eating disorder from the better-known anorexia nervosa. In his book, Orthorexia, Health Food Junkies, Overcoming the Obsession with Healthful Eating, Dr. Bratman describes orthorexia as a disease in which people fixate on eating healthy food. At this time, orthorexia is not categorized in the DSM-5 as an actual eating disorder, but many mental health professionals consider it a subclinical form of an eating disorder. Statistics on orthorexia are hard to pin down because it's such a new concept. 
In time, I expect that we will be hearing a lot more about this disorder and will learn more not only about the condition itself, but also about the many thousands of people who, in my estimation, are being affected by this illness. Dr. Bratman states that orthorexia is similar to anorexia and bulimia with this one difference. Whereas the bulimic and anorexic focus on the quantity of food, the orthorexic fixates on its quality. While doing all that we can towards becoming healthy, like eating healthy foods, is a great idea, like any other, it can be taken to extremes. Overtaking one's life and turning into a habit that is decidedly not healthy. I think the greatest example of this is what I see happening in the vegan movement, which seems extra trendy these days. Orthorexia in action. A real-life example of orthorexia comes from my therapy client, who was a strict vegan, who wouldn't eat anything containing animal foods or which came from an animal. For those of you who are unfamiliar with this diet, it means that you can't eat any meat, eggs, dairy, and even honey. She had herself convinced that she could only be healthy if she was 100% strict vegan. As her eating regime became stricter and more rigid, she found herself increasingly isolated because she wouldn't share meals with the people she loved because they weren't vegan. As well, she found that she had to avoid restaurants and most other forms of social dining. In this particular case, her extreme focus on healthy eating made her world become smaller and smaller and left her feeling lonely and depressed. Through the course of therapy, she made the connection between the choice to be a staunch vegan and the profound social implications that come along with it. In recovery, she worked on finding a middle ground where she could eat healthfully while also maintaining close social connections which she enjoyed in her life. She became more flexible about eating a few non-vegan foods such as fish, dairy, and eggs, which allowed her to easily go out to restaurants and eat with non-vegans and she really enjoyed feeling connected to others and in the world in these ways. Looking back on her orthorexic days, she realized that when she was eating strictly vegan, she felt righteous and superior to others and couldn't understand why other people were killing themselves by eating inferior food, which boosted her ego temporarily and made her feel powerful. However, she also realized that this came with a cost. It meant being cut off from others. She told me, I can't imagine that I was much fun to be around. I was so serious and obsessed with what I was eating. Little wonder I spent much of my time eating alone during that period of my life. Orthorexia Risk Factors The following comes from a wonderful article I found on Healthline. I'll have the source in the show notes. Research on the precise causes of orthorexia is sparse but obsessive-compulsive tendencies and past or current eating disorders are known risk factors. In some cases, orthorexia may manifest as a more socially acceptable way to restrict food. Other individual risk factors include tendencies toward perfectionism, high anxiety, and a need for control. Social factors, such as nutrition knowledge, higher income, access to, quote, clean foods, e.g. organic produce, use of social media, and weight stigma or bias are also associated with orthorexia-related behaviors. In university settings, 
students in health-related majors, such as nutrition and dietetics, biology and kinesiology, may be more likely to demonstrate orthorexia symptoms than those in other majors, although orthorexia can affect any student regardless of their major. Further, the rapid increase in the promotion of clean eating lifestyles on social media may also play a role in the development of orthorexia. Proponents of clean eating promote whole, minimally processed foods, which are healthy. But the phrase clean eating moralizes food by painting other foods as dirty or undesirable. Moralization stigmatizes some foods, contributing to eating disorders such as orthorexia. So you may be asking yourself, how do I know if I have orthorexia? Dr. Stephen Bratman provides a very helpful questionnaire in his book, Health Food Junkies, Orthorexia Nervosa, Overcoming the Obsession with Healthy Eating. The following signs and symptoms are based on the questions in his book. Spending more than three hours a day thinking about healthy food. Planning tomorrow's food today. Caring more about the virtue of what you eat than the pleasure you receive from eating it. As the quality of your diet increases, the quality of your life diminishes. Getting stricter with yourself around what foods you will eat. Sacrificing experiences you once enjoyed to eat the food you believe is right. Feeling an increased sense of self-esteem when you are eating healthy food and looking down on others who don't eat that way. Feeling guilt or self-loathing when you stray from your diet. And lastly, social isolation as a result of your diet. If you think, based on what you've heard here, that you may be suffering from orthorexia, I strongly suggest you read Stephen Bratman's book. It is a wonderful resource full of invaluable information for the orthorexia sufferer. There is little doubt in my mind that this gem of a book has already helped countless people to rid themselves of their health food obsessions and return to the human fold. I can count myself as one of those people. Or you can get a copy of my book, It's Not About the Food, A Woman's Guide to Making Peace with Food and Our Bodies. There is a link in the show notes where you can choose from the hard copy, ebook, or audiobook versions. Or if you feel that you need individual counseling to overcome orthorexia, please contact me at 778-265-6190 or email me at esther at E-S-T-H-E-R-K-A-N-E dot com for a free 15-minute phone consultation.